2: This is Kansas State's Felix Inyidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Cole Carmody right here in the GPC studios, which is a fancy way of saying my basement. But it's a nice studio, it's okay. It gets the job done. And once again, we're without Ryan Gilbert, who is working at that taco place slinging drinks. But I think we can all agree that we were better without him last week. Maybe they didn't agree. I don't know. Maybe they just want to be nice to their friend. I'm his boss. I don't have to be nice to him. I don't want to get killed in my sleep. That's true. Well, if he didn't do it last night after his uh, his gambling... Issues I'm not going to say anything I'm not going to be critical He generally wins He did not win this week No he did not It was not pretty It was like uh, So How's your day going General Custer? It was that kind of slaughter
0: Very similar to the game on Saturday. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we discussed quite a bit of that with Coach Chris Kleiman. Easy for me to say. Coach Chris Kleiman at Tuesday's press conference. Adrian Martinez came in. He handles everything like a champ. But are there solutions? We will get into all of that. I'm not sure how varied the questions will be because I think everyone has the same things on their mind. What I have on my mind is Fridge Wholesale Liquor now carries... Now carries the products from our friends, the part-time beverage company, the Club Special, and the Cape Cod. You can find them at the fridge. Make sure you swing by the fridge whenever you're in town. And if you haven't tried these products, I encourage you to do so. They are a pre-mixed cocktail, and they're right there at the fridge now. The Club Special is a lemon-lime with vodka, And the Cape Cod is a cranberry and lime with vodka. So depending on your taste, and if they keep selling like they've been selling around the state of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, where they're found right now, they will branch out into other flavors. But I'm pretty happy with the club special.
0: And where is the Fridge Wholesale Liquor located? It's at the corner of Claflin and Westport. Is that right, Zach? That's correct.
2: You got it? That's it for the podcast. I got it right. I'm signing off. Zach, how are your questions today? They were good. They're good.
1: Uh, A lot of repeat questions. Yeah. There were a lot of these weeks. You get a lot of the same thing. A lot of people could have read the thread and asked a different question and had a better chance of making it
0: in. There was one question from Grandpa Cat that didn't make the cut. It was very good, but I want to give him credit because it was good. So, if you're listening but it, to did, not Cat, make the it cut. did not it make the like cut. It sounds like somebody knows Grandpa Cat. So, what you're saying is good, but not good enough. I'm not the one that makes that decision. Okay, that's Zach.
2: Your Cole. And now Cole is going to read the questions that Zach chose, and I don't know the questions, and I will answer them whether I know what I'm saying or not. That's the
0: podcast in a nutshell. Here we go. The first question comes from KSU number one. Very simply, how does K-State rebound and focus on Oklahoma? It's quite a task. I mean, it's easy to make that comparison to two years ago, but Chris Kleiman
2: immediately pointed out, there are no fans. We're going into a hostile environment this time. And a different coach that will probably have his eye right on K-State. Brent Venables is not looking past K-State. He's not making that mistake. I can guarantee it. I do find it interesting. Everyone keeps asking K-Staters about Brent Venables. Really? I mean, this doesn't impact K-State at all. It's got to be weird for Brent going up against his alma mater. You know, coaching for the school, he said he's always wanted a coach when it's not his alma mater. I mean, that would seem a little more awkward. You know, K-State's got a coach and they like their program and off we go. But yeah, it uh, they got to find a way to gather themselves. They just got to get back on track. And it all starts with quarterback. We're going to get into this quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of the questions are about this, but they've got to fix Adrian Martinez. and. Um, I wrote an analysis piece at Cat for our VIP subscribers is Adrian Martinez broken and looking at the statistical comparisons between what he accomplished at Nebraska, good and bad and what he is not doing at Kansas State good and just not good i mean it 's not necessarily bad it 's just not good. He was a better player at Nebraska by far. And I got to admit, that's not a scenario I ever thought we'd be in. I never thought, I thought we'd have a controversy because he hadn't changed. He was turning the ball over, da, da, da. I never saw a scenario where it'd become so conservative he was ineffective. But that's where they're at. They
0: got to get him out of that or get a new quarterback on the field, period. With how good K State's defense is, you can make the argument that if Adrian Martinez played the exact same way he did against Nebraska, this K State team would still be one of the top teams in the Big 12. Because just that's how good this defense is. They're putting their defense in bad spots, especially against Tulane, because he was so – and the offense was so ineffective. They can't make a first down. What's the difference between throwing an interception uh, on the opponent's 30-yard line or not getting a first down on, your, on, on the 50-yard line? Like there's no difference, right? Either way, they still had four uh, turnover on downs. That's basically f- four interceptions. So, I mean, again – Pair it out. See what you got. Because this defense is good enough to keep them in a game, uh, any game they play. And that's why, you know, maybe I'm still more optimistic on this team as a whole. But I I think that the defense is going to give them a shot. I I really do. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to give them a shot to beat Oklahoma. But if it's a one-score game, you know, at at halftime, K-State, All they have to do is do exactly what they did um, and continue to play solid defense. And they're going to be in the games because this defense is good enough to cause turnovers. It's good enough to hold teams to field goals. And let's see what the offense can do. That's that's how they rebound. That's how that's the blueprint to rebounding is playing good defense. But yeah, I mean, obviously the offense has to pick up or else it doesn't matter if you can't score. I mean, there's nothing that the defense needs
1: to do to rebound. No, the defense is fine. They will be fine, I think, against Oklahoma. It's all about the offense. You have to run plays in the red zone if you want to win. I honestly could not tell you how many plays they ran on Saturday because I think it could be zero.
0: I know they had the... was it The touchdown was the what, touchdown 21, yards? Was it 21 yards? I think it was yeah. just outside, but the field goal wasn't, was it? Well, they had plays after Daniel Green's interception that they yeah. were right around the goal line. Okay. So, so they
1: should have punched three? it in there. I think so they had three or three. four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you
1: have to, and I'll even discount that by saying that was the defense that got them in to the red zone. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even the offense. They got a present wrapped up by Daniel green and they squandered it. So you have to get the ball into the red zone and move the ball. And, you know, Adrian Martinez did not have a good game on Saturday, but I think you can also say the offensive line didn't make a lot of holes for, for Deuce Vaughn, um, you know, Deuce Vaughn had to sit out a series or two, you know, getting an IV in the locker room. So, you know, they were missing some stuff on Saturday. And I think that you've got to come back, complete the picture, and you've got to start throwing the ball and making those throws, making those plays and become more than just Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddens. You know, you have to be able to run the ball. Adrian Martinez needs to run the ball. That's the thing that I find most baffling. Look, he had a lot of
2: turnovers throwing the ball, so maybe he's a little skittish about continuing that. But he can't run the ball either. He seems so eager not to get hurt that it, it it's
0: handcuffed him in the running game too. Well, you bring up a good point because the next question comes from Power Cat Pity. 206 months on the site. Probably from Scout. This is their second post. Nice. So... What an interesting way with Power Cat pity. I love it. An interesting uh, con- now you decide to come out of the woodwork. Six
1: months is like it's like a prison sentence.
0: Mm. It's a very long time. Are we mm.
1: supposed to pity Power Cat? I, I don't know. It's like uh, what month or what year does that put
0: put it at? I have absolutely no idea. We all
1: Snyder have three one point oh.
0: That uh, <laughs> yeah, <it> probably. Is. <laughs> hey, what was it? Two hundred
2: six. Yeah, Alexa, what's two hundred six divided by twelve?
1: 206 divided by 12 is
2: approximately 17.1667. So hold on. He joined the scout side in 2005. That's great. Okay. Well, now I pity you.
0: Welcome. 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 But here, let's get to the question. Okay. He he brings up a good uh, point about the running game. Do you think Adrian Martinez is still recovering from shoulder surgery? And that is factoring into Martinez and offensive coordinator Colin Klein's decision making on the field and play calling. It appears that AM is avoiding contact, lack of downfield throws, not keeping the ball on the red on the zone read. His shoulder would cause Colin Klein not to do more quarterback sneaks and short yardage, downfield passes, and usage of the overall playbook.
2: I don't think that's the case, but they sure are acting that way. I think it's a good point I, to bring up. I I don't think his shoulder is damaged from an ability to execute. I think it's recovered, but I don't think he wants to be injured again. We're talking about a guy that's injured his shoulder, broken his jaw, had other injuries from all the beating he took at Nebraska. I mean, we talk about his 30-some Interceptions he threw, and by the way, in my research, he was turning the ball over at about twice the clip of Skylar Thompson. I found it a little surprising how high it was, actually. But he also was sacked like 36 times at Nebraska. And what's what's alarming is it it seems like he's determined not to take physical abuse. And I'm sorry, at some point as a quarterback in college football. When you're running on third down and it's third and eight, you don't step out after seven yards because you might get hit. You put your shoulder down and pick up eight yards. And if you can't do that,
0: you can't have him on the field. Here's the deal. And I said this after the game, but I think this is a game where you use Will Howard. I don't think this is a game. If you, if you still plan on redshirting Will Howard, that's fine. I think you use him in this game against Oklahoma, especially in these short-yarded situations. Will Howard is 6'5", 260 pounds. Yep, I agree. If he takes a snap under center and quarterback needs it, he's getting a first down. That's just the end of the story. The fact that Adrian Martinez is unwilling at this point to what we've seen to put his body out on the line to uh, try and get that first down like you mentioned – If it's third and two, line Will Howard up in the in the Wildcat formation, snap it to him and let him get the first down. Not only do you have an extra blocker, but you have a large human being. Think about what Blake Bell would do at Oklahoma when they had Landry Jones. There's no reason I said this at the beginning of the year. I I understand wanting to keep Will Howard's red shirt. I get that. But at this point, you've got to play him. You gotta play. You have to play him. Yeah. He provides a skill set that none of the other quarterbacks can bring. And even if that's getting him in four plays a game, those four plays can pick up the first down, which could ultimately lead the points and help you win the game.
2: I agree with you. Um, And I think there's a lot of confusion out there. People still don't understand the quarterback pecking order. The reason Jake Rubley is playing is he's the mop-up duty guy. I mean, he's the third stringer. They want a red shirt Will Howard, which means he can play four or fewer games. But they're not going to throw the season away on that theory. If they need to play Will Howard, if they're in a situation where they need to win a game or Adrian gets hurt, it is Will Howard coming into the game. Chris Kleiman's been clear about that. Jake Rubley is not the backup. And from talking to people, they think Jake could be a pretty good quarterback. But one, he's not a runner. He's not a pure runner. And two, he he's very turnover prone in practice still because he's a young guy. And Will Howard, everyone, says he's progressed quite a bit. Doesn't have the big arm of Adrian or Skyler had. But he is a much more definitive ball carrier than Adrian is. That is continues to be what shocks me. I see why he's not trying to throw the ball downfield and put the ball in peril. But when did he become a big wuss in the running game? That's what I can't wrap my mind around. This is a really good athlete who, even when he runs, never looks like he puts it in top gear. He's just cruising out there looking for a place to slide or get out of bounds. You can't continue that. And I'm just going to put this on the line. K-Staters don't accept that. That's not the kind of football player or athlete they expect at Kansas State. Kansas State doesn't get by by cruising. They get by by putting their shoulder down and going through obstacles. That is a metaphor for K-State as an institution, as a sports athletic department, but for this football program. Sometimes you got to put your shoulder down and get through trouble. And he's not doing that. And honestly, it pisses people off. And it should. Adrian's a great kid. He's an impressive young man. I see why they like him. I like him. But this is a about performance. And if you can't perform at this level, you can't play. I, I'd never imagined once, as I've said, that this would be the issue. I never thought he would be so gun-shy. About taking chances with the body, with the ball, or his body, that this
0: would be the result, because this is not a functional quarterback right now. And and I'm going to say this too, everybody. And Zach, we were talking about this before we started recording. But for people that were doubting Adrian Martinez, I mean, I, I don't think that you're necessarily, you know, you shouldn't be. If you if you're so worried about being right, I know there's people out there that are right. so worried about being right. I don't think you necessarily are right because the people that are clamoring and saying, oh, Adrian Martinez was going to be so bad and, and we, oh, we knew it. It's like, well, this is not Adrian Martinez. Like, this is not the Adrian Martinez K State people, good or bad, what they would get. This is a completely different quarterback. Tasks failed successfully. Right. That's basically what nobody it is. Nobody was yeah. right. Nobody was right. <laughs> yeah, nobody I, had, nobody I was right. I
2: have no tolerance for Nebraska fans we tried to tell you. You know, you didn't tell us anything about this, right? You didn't see this coming. You're, you're literally not paying attention to what's going on. His yard per pass attempt has gone from eight in a four-year career to four and a half or 4.3. While throwing safer passes, his percentage is down below his career average. That makes no sense. He is not taking chances with
0: the ball and not completing more passes. I got the vibe today, and before we talk to the coaches – Uh, I I was of the opinion of this is kind of an Adrian Martinez and this is Colin Klein and Chris Klein telling Adrian Martinez, we want you to be safe. We have playmakers around you. Just don't try and overdo it. That's what I thought. But I got to be honest, guys, after talking to Chris Klein on Tuesday, I almost get the sense that that's not what they said. This is just Adrian. This is just him trying to overcompensate for his struggles at Nebraska. I get the sense that they're going to come out on Saturday and force him to air it out. The first play of the game is going to be a 75-yard pass down the field to Malik Knowles, and if it's a pick, then it's a pick. But you've got to try and get him going, and I think they're going to force him to throw the ball down the field.
1: Cole, I'm with you about Will Howard. You need to find a role for him. And and if that means burning his red shirt, you need to burn it because I think that you can utilize him in certain situations. You don't need to make him the starter. And I've been you don't saying need, that you don't, ever. Need, you don't need to make... You know, you don't need to replace Adrian Martinez and you don't need to make it a quarterback battle. You can use him in certain situations that is going to help you win the football game. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And I think that Will Howard is accepting of that. I don't think Will Howard gives any care about his red shirt. He wants to be on the field and he wants to compete. If that means playing nine, ten games the rest of the season and four plays a game or something, but he helps his team win... I think Will Howard would take that. Mm -hmm. And also getting him in the game, if you do need to replace Adrian Martinez, is going to help. Because I don't know how it's going to go if, you know, say game six or seven, Adrian Martinez goes down and you're trying to put Will Howard in cold and, you know, to see how that goes. I think that at at some point, you need to give Will Howard a weekly role so he can get comfortable and help you win football games.
0: Agreed. And and to that point, Kansas power cat 13. It's their first post. So welcome to the podcast. They say, if Adrian Martinez continues to struggle, do we see Jake Rubley or do we see Will Howard and jeopardize his red shirt?
2: Nobody cares about the red shirt. Nobody's going to put the season in peril for a red shirt of a quarterback. I find it hard to believe because of the pandemic. If you read, if you are able to red shirt him, he could be your starter setting Avery Johnson aside for three more seasons. He's not going to be here for three no, more seasons. No, because let's be honest. He's going to either be effective as quarterback and say, I'm, I'm an NFL frame. I'm just going to go. Or he's going to be ineffective and Avery Johnson is going to be the starter. I don't see a scenario where K-State gets through the season without burning that red shirt at this point. And, and then if they do... I don't see a scenario where he's going to
0: be the starter for three years. I don't see a scenario where he'll be the starter for two years. Uh, I, I, and that's why I struggle so much with this redshirt because I understand that they're trying to do what's best for him. I get that. I really do. But Will Howard is going to be the starting quarterback next year. Like, I think we all can agree that unless something drastic happens, unless he decides to transfer or unless Avery Johnson just absolutely comes in and blows everything out of the water, which could happen. Or Jake Rubly continues to really, really get better, which could happen, yeah, I mean, it could happen, but more in all likelihood, I believe that will hired will at least go into being the favorite as the starter, but with that being said, he's not going to play for three years if you read he's not sticking around here for three years, that puts him at what twenty five when he graduates, and then if he wants to play in the NFL after that, he'll be twenty six year old rookie like that's not that doesn't happen, so I mean. Will Howard should play this year. He should play against Oklahoma, and he should play in every single game the rest of the season. Guess what? If he didn't play for the first three games of the season because the coaches felt like they wanted to redshirt him, that's fine. That's a better scenario than what happened last year with Will Howard. Get him in the game. Let him play because he can help your team win, like Zach was saying. And I don't see there's any scenario where Jake Rubley comes in to be the to be a starter unless, you know, again, unless Something he's just catastrophic or unless he's just that much further along than we expect. But you cannot go off of four passes against South
2: Dakota. If they pull Adrian Martinez for performance issues in Norman Saturday night, it will be Will Howard that comes on the field. Yes. And the reason why I'm even more confident of that is Chris Kleiman went into detail today or Tuesday about the fact that Will Howard misses praxis is for a personal reasons this past week. I'm beginning to think a lot of the personal reasons are COVID, to be honest, but I don't know what his reasons were. So they're giving him even more snaps this week so he's prepared. No, you're giving him more snaps because you think you might need him. The last week has nothing to do with this. He's getting more snaps because he might be on the short
0: leash. Your starting quarterback might be on the short leash and you might need to put him in. So Let me ask you guys this, then, before we get to the last question of the first half. As much as we all are in agreement that we want to see him on Saturday Mm -hmm. in some kind of role, will we? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Zach? I cannot
2: imagine Adrian being able to say, ah, screw it, let's play. Uh, That's not how—this is a psychological issue in my book. Maybe the earlier question was right. It's a physical issue. And if it's a physical issue, you got to make the change. If he's physical, incapable— physically incapable of playing at the level you need him, then he's done. But I don't think that's true. I think it's mental. They know it's mental, but he's not going to slay this dragon in one week. He's not going to go out there and say, okay, heck with it. I'm throwing the ball all over the field. I went back and looked at his stats at Nebraska. These three games he's played at Kansas state in terms of his aggressive nature of throwing the ball downfield would be in the bottom 15% of his games at Nebraska. He has rarely not had – he's had a vast majority of his games with a completion of 30 or more yards. He hasn't done that once at K-State. His long completion is 28. Saturday it was 21 on the touchdown. That was putting the ball in peril. That's the one time he's put the ball in peril this year. And it was a beautiful throw, by the way. It was. Barely caught it. Yeah. Cade barely almost let it slip through the old wickets there. But What was the question you were asking, Cole? Will we see Will Howard on Saturday? I think so.
1: I'll go, no, but I, I will be disappointed if I'm correct.
2: I, I think we will, no matter what, because I think you're right. I think those short yardage scenarios, they
0: might say, we're gonna put Will into be the, the will dozer. I just don't have faith that, that they're going to. Pull his red shirt, to be quite frank. I, I keep coming back to this. And I dis—I strongly disagree. I don't disagree with the staff about a lot of things, but that is the one thing that I am firmly against. Or the other scenario is you have
1: four games. If he can make a difference in these next four games, you keep playing him. Yeah. And if Adrian Martinez is able to either pick it up and you don't need to rely on Will Howard as much, or maybe Will just doesn't work out, you know, and if, if Will doesn't work out, You need to try making it work out because, you know, if it's not working, he's going to be gone anyway. So, I mean, I get trying to be polite to the kid. And if he wants to transfer or do something else, saving some eligibility for him. But at a certain point, Chris Kleiman and the coaching staff needs to be selfish about personnel and and putting them in in the game. You know, as, as 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 nice as it is to try preserving Will Howard's red shirt for the second year in a row. You got to stop. Them.
0: I'm I'm just, to answer my own question, I'm not confident we will, because I don't know if they're willing to do that. No, I think they are. I think after what happened Saturday, they
2: will not hesitate. And I don't see a scenario in which Adrian fixes his issues so definitively in one week that they can't do it. I think they will use Will Howard in some short-yarded situations. And as I started to say, I keep coming back to this. No one... No one in college football has a better idea how to pick up a first down on fourth and one than Colin Klein. You line up with your big, strong quarterback under center. You put a bunch of fullbacks behind him, and you shove him across the first down line. And there's only one reason Colin Klein is not doing that now, is he knows it takes a toll on the quarterback. I'm sorry. But that's part of the job. And if you want to shift that toll over to Will Howard, I can see them putting him into the game to do exactly that. But when you have operated in an offense that picked up almost every first down it needed through the years by simply going jumbo plus, because nobody else was doing it. You've got the blueprint to how to do it, and you're not doing it. That lies at your feet. Quit. Lining up in the shotgun on fourth
1: and one, for God's sakes. We'll talk about fourth down formations oh, in the second half.
0: Last so question. Of the oh, we do have another question, yeah. but we will talk about I formations. I thought you said there was No, last said one. no it, it wasn't. It we'll was my about. question before the last one. We will question. talk oh, about formations. This is like
2: when they have a series, they say, only three episodes Actually, left before the finale. Go like, ahead. We can take the break now. We can move the question. Okay, just we're going to move break. the question. Yeah. This is what it's called an audible We saw the package out on there. and Never mind. We'll be right back on the Powercat Podcast.
1: This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the Powercat Podcast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge, Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody. We miss you, Ryan Gilbert. You're not here. We're making fun of you. Yeah, you just lost him a lot of money. Yeah, you loser. We're answering uh, Adrian Martinez's questions. We left it off there in the first half discussing – things we had another question but Zach said stop wait we called the audible did we pick up the first down probably, we sure did probably not anyhow get into the fridge whenever you're in town club special the Cape Cod now available for our friends at the part time what is it part time beverage company I feel like they're going to start making like delicious sodas by just saying beverage I'd say part time booze company that's what I would do but that's why it's a little bit more busy. aggressive I know I'm a Here we go. Your questions from All Bass Station. We pick up where we
0: left off. This was supposed to be the last question of the first half. We moved it to here because it's special. From Byers DVM. I know it's only one game, but has the loss made you reconsider how optimistic you are for the rest of the season? Oh, absolutely. Would you guess the wi- what? Would you guess the win ceiling is at? Well, this is I, a loaded
2: question. I, yeah, if I don't see improvement on Saturday, that's where I'm at. I mean, if they go down there and get beat forty-eight to seven, ah, uh, I got, I got, we got some questions going on here. Um, yeah, I'm beginning to think maybe Vegas knew something we didn't know with that win total. I mean, was that five and a half, six and a half, seven? I I said from the start they need to come out of the first six at four and two. That's still tangible. They can beat Tech and they can win at Iowa State. But, boy, you're going to have to see more from the quarterback position. And I'd like to see that starting Saturday. That's just where I'm at. If they don't, man, if they're 3-3 three and three at the turn, they're in big trouble. They just are.
0: I, I See, this question's hard for me because everything is still there. Everything I like about this K-State team is still there. The defense is incredible. And like I've said multiple times already on this show, the defense is good. It's going to keep you in every single game that you play. So that is how I'll answer this to start. The second way I'll answer this is I still really like the schedule. I think the schedule is very favorable. The K-State, is the Big 12 more complete? Sure it is. But I don't think that it's as top-heavy as it has been in the past. Baylor doesn't look to be as scary as they have been. Iowa State is not as good as they have been. I don't think Oklahoma State is as good as they have been. But it's still a solid conference top to bottom. So you can look at that one of two ways. But the final way I'll answer this question is has it made me reconsider how optimistic I am? Sure. But I still think as far as the Big 12 goes, everything they can do is still in front of them. If they come and they win at Oklahoma on Saturday, I told this to somebody. That two lane game, if if they're four and one, or even five and one at the break, that two lane game is gonna feel like just a bad nightmare. And honestly, guys. If they win against Oklahoma, I think that could very realistically happen because there is a lot of talent on this team. We've talked about it. Six all-conference players preseason. There's a lot of talent on this team. I don't want people to to forget that. So um, if, if somehow the offense comes out and scores 31 points against Oklahoma, they're going to win that game. I firmly believe that. If they score 31 points, if they score 28 points, they might win that game. So, um, yeah, if they can find a way to do that, then I, I still think my win ceiling doesn't change. I picked them at 10-2. and two. If they beat Oklahoma, I mean, and look good doing it, I don't know. I, I, I had that as a loss anyway, so I don't I mean, really— ceiling comes—they lost a game. If your ceiling was that, it probably comes down a game. Yeah, I would say 9-3. and three. I mean, I still think they can get to that, and I still think that would be an improvement. My hope for this team is they do find some—they do show signs of improvement. Even if they lose to Oklahoma— you got to be four and two at that six game break. And then I still think nine and three is a realistic possibility. I don't think this season is lost by any means, but they have to show signs of improvement on Saturday or else there is major questions. It's not, but I think,
1: I'm not going to go for ceiling, but I'll say f- there were other questions talking about ceiling, floor, whatever. I'm still at seven and five. If K State goes seven and five, it, here's this: if if K State goes seven and five and Adrian Martinez is your quarterback, that is a failure of a season because Will Howard, Jake Rubley, both of them are capable quarterbacks that could get your team to seven and five.
0: With this talent
1: so if, group, yes. So if K states seven and five and Adrian Martinez is the quarterback, disappointed. They're eight and four. You know, it's it's probably a push on how I feel. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm personally fine. If if KC goes eight and four, you know, it's it might be disappointing to the fans. But when you look at the team and the course of the season, eight four regular season is still an improvement over last year. It gives you a winning
0: record in conference,
1: and it gives you a winning record in conference. So uh, you know, if you're able to get eight and four after losing to to Tulane, that means you went six and three in the conference in Conference play, and in some years, six and three could very well be good enough for second place. So, you know, uh, as, as disappointing as eight and four might sound, you know, going forward, I don't think eight and four you should
0: look at right now with a loss against Tulane as being disappointing. If you go in for when your bowl game is, is it a successful season? Absolutely. Fits?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not quite what we thought, but I mean, are we really to the point of. Looking down our noses at eight or even seven win seasons, I, I don't think so. I mean if you're consistently doing that, you're gonna hop up there and win some other years. So I just think
0: with this talent, it just feels like this is the this is the this is the talent, this group of this group of talent feels like it's better than that.
2: I, one of the things I really liked about what Chris Kleiman talked about today was the three phases that the defense was good, but on that day it needed to be great. We're all in this together. Don't sit there and go in the locker room like we were good enough to win. Well, some days you're not going to be good enough to win, but the offense is going to score 45 points. You're going to win. You're all in this together, but I really appreciated the special teams captains telling him that, well, we were straight up with Tulane. We didn't lose special teams to Tulane, but the fact that we didn't win special teams is a loss. That That is the kind of elite attitude you need to have about things. I think this team psychologically has everything. And I think Chris Kleiman knows this. You can't let a quarterback issue fester or you lose your locker room. And the strength of this team that had me so motivated coming into the season was everyone, everyone associated, whether I was talking to parents or coaches or players, talked about this locker room and how special and how close the team is. Well, if I'm Malik Knowles or Phillip Brooks, I'm really disappointed in the number of targets I'm getting. I am. They were disappointed in the past, but that seemed to have all changed at the bowl game, and now we're right back to where it was. So I can see the seeds of discontent being planted in that locker room, and I understand why. They can't let this fester. They need better performance out of the quarterback. Whether that means he's going to turn the ball over a couple times, well, okay, Go make the big plays that you also made when you were turning
0: the ball over and we'll see if we can win with that. The win at Oklahoma changes a lot of things. Yeah. Uh next question from Legacy Cat. This is a very interesting question, Zach. I'm surprised you put this in here. This is I don't even I, know if I want to read this.
1: I put it in because it's so ridiculous that we need to address okay, it. Okay, I was gonna say I don't even it's want to read so it, but ridiculous. I'm gonna, read it.
0: I'm gonna I'm going to. Fitz, you're not gonna like this question. Right? No. This is gonna be a, a long rant. For Thank you all for of the us. question, Legacy Cat though. We're not saying that you shouldn't ask questions again, but hey, you're on the podcast, so there you go. So he says, So, is Chris Kleiman just another Bruce Weber? Example, great guy, but just can't recruit and turn the corner and make big coach decisions. No. Chris Kleiman
1: at the start of the NFL season oh, had I don't think so. Had two quarterbacks starting for NFL franchises. Two out of thirty two NFL teams. How many other head coaches in college football have two quarterbacks starting football games? Nick Saban. Maybe Nick Saban.
0: Jalen Hurts, Tua. Did go to OU though. What about Lincoln Riley? Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield and The point is it's it's not very many. Arizona. Arizona. Kyler Murray. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I look, no, that no, I I don't
2: agree with that at all. And mostly because Bruce didn't know how to operate and manage a locker room, and Chris Kleiman does. I mean, he's very conscious of that. Bruce always seems disconnected from his culture, environment. So, no, I I don't—this isn't worth a rant, no, is my answer.
0: If you don't like Chris Kleiman,
2: then who the hell do you want as the football coach? Yeah, I I don't see any of the signs that I saw from Bruce Weber. Well, first of all, Chris took over a program that needed rebuilding. It did the talent had dwindled. There wasn't much depth. That's not what happened to Bruce. He took over an NCAA tournament-type team that ended up winning the Big 12. So he had everything laid out in front of him, and and Chris now is trying to build things back up. And I think he's being successful in that as long as they don't come, the wheels don't fall off this season. But my, my thing about Chris um, is what I've said since the start. He almost had it too easy at North Dakota State. And when I see him operate in games like he, like Saturday, I see a guy who isn't real experienced at coaching from behind, or managing the clock, or understanding some of the nuances of fourth and one and why they should have punted earlier and didn't shouldn't have punted at the end. I see things that he just hasn't been exposed to enough as a head coach coming into play. And I mean that is my ongoing concern because he just you don't learn about much coaching close games when you kick everyone's ass at the at the FCS level and that's kind of what I'm seeing Bill Snyder had a way in a game like we saw Saturday no matter what had happened it was 17 to 10 and K-State would have gotten the ball back and they would have been down driving into the red zone at the end of the game no matter what had happened in the game coach Snyder always had something okay now we're going to do this OK, we've been working on this play, wanted to save it for Oklahoma, but we're going to put it out there now. And Colin kept going back to everything that hadn't worked. we we'll let's try the shuffle pass again. Let's try this. Honestly, though, the option to, to deduce Vaughn would have worked, but his quarterback didn't have the balls to pitch it. He didn't want to make the turnover. Well, you made the turnover. It's fourth down. Who cares if you fumble and don't succeed? By not pitching, you didn't succeed. That, so th- those are my concerns not anything really about Chris Kleiman
0: and how the program's built. Well, a good point to bring that up Fitz. the next question comes from El Camino Cat. He says talk about fourth down, decisions to go for it or punt or for field goal position. Oh, I did not what does that say? Field position. Does he mean field, field goals or okay. Either way, talk about fourth down. I have no
2: problem with any time they went for it on fourth down. Now, I we can argue about what they chose to do on fourth down. And, and that's kind of the thing As you go for it on fourth down nowadays. And I mean, they've studied the analytics and, and I saw it over and over at K state when the defense wasn't good, they'd say it's fourth and one, let's punt the ball. And two plays later, they're back to where you punted from. I mean, that's just the way it was when you got a defense, that's pretty good. You take some of those chances, but I don't like the way they deployed their offensive weapons on those plays. i I'm sorry. Uh, again, you're playing Tulane. If you can't line up and say, we're going to knock you off the ball for a yard, you got big issues. And they played like a team that knew they couldn't move Tulane off the ball. That's sad.
0: Either you're going to quarterback sneak it or you're going to finesse them. There's one of two things. We've seen the Chiefs do this a million times. It's fourth and six inches. And what do they do? They run a little out route with the receiver and a quarterback rollout, and he throws it for a first down. That play works a lot. But what I've always been in favor in, do a quarterback sneak. Guess what? The Chiefs, they don't like to do quarterback sneak with Patrick Mahomes because the guy's knee almost popped out of place when he right. did it against the Denver Broncos. So what do they do? Oh, we're going to bring Blake Bell, who we mentioned earlier. He's going to motion across as the tight end. He's going to take a snap at under center and sneak it for a first down. Right. That's what they're going to do. Oh, guess what? If we don't want to do that, we'll line our star tight end in Travis Kelsey up in the Wildcat and have everybody else block for him, and he'll get the first down. Not our 5'5 five, five running back. But our 6'5, 270 pound tight end, right. who, if he gets to the line of scrimmage, he's getting that first down. There's so many ways to do things, but people make football so complicated. It's not complicated, Fitz. Sammy Wheeler's Just, a former quarterback. You can do those same things works. with him. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Daphne. Uh, you can put him in motion, and then Adrian can help push him forward.
1: And you Sammy
0: know? Wheeler's 6'5. So
1: you yeah. have Jack and Ben Sennett. Why can't they line up behind in a power formation and help push? You know,
0: just,
1: you have so many big guys, you know, tools that you can use in certain formations Then you don't, you go shotgun, Adrian Martinez with Deuce Vaughn next to it. Well, How about an I formation it's and just do anything. a fullback
0: dive? The chiefs do that. Like, they don't, if they, whenever they don't quarterback sneak it, they fullback dive with their fullback. They get that play a hundred percent of the time. And that's not because they have a good offensive line. That's because that play works.
2: There's so many things they can do. It's, it's frustrating.
0: I, and I, I think we'll start to see that. Hopefully hopefully, this was Colin Klein's wake-up call and saying, hey, okay, this is what I thought we could do. Let's just go back to basics. And I think Cade Warner talked a little bit about that today. with, with They really don't know what Oklahoma is going to run defensively. They showed multiple looks. So he says, you know what, we're just going to go back to basics and do what we do. So hopefully that helps them. <laughs> The next question from Wagcat are today's coaches afraid that quarterbacks can't field many snaps under center. I saw multiple times on Sunday where NFL teams did the same thing K-State did and lined up six yards in the backfield on fourth and less than one, giving the defense more time to fill gaps and read the play with all these offensive quote unquote analysts running around. They need to analyze the success rate of shotgun versus under center in fourth and short situations. I totally agree. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it works.
2: Maybe they have. And we just feel like it never works. But I don't think it works. I would love to see the the stats on this. It it troubles me. But again, there's so many things you can do if you just snap the ball under center. You can roll that guy out and he can have the option to pass it or just run and pick it up. The problem is I don't trust Adrian put his shoulder down to pick it up. I think he'll see someone come and he'll slide. Yeah, I... I'm, we're going in circles here. I don't know what to say. I, I don't have the solution. All I know this is it's a psychological issue in my book that they better solve very quickly or they better just move on as
0: much as I like the kid. Thank you for bringing that up, Wag Cat. And the last question of the podcast comes from Get Out More Cat. Pick one ceremonially burn every alternate helmet ever made by K-State <laughs> or wear it every damn game until the curse is lifted. And Zach says, also, we got a million questions about uniforms, so we're going to talk about it here. Okay. Um, look, I'm not
2: – I joke about That I don't know what's going on, but that team was so flat at the start of the game. Here's why I think he stopped doing it is – I thought these things were supposed to be motivating to the players. Fire them up. We get to do this. we never see that from Kansas State. It's almost like you change the brand and they go out there and go, oh, that's nice. We'll just go play. Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand. I'm all for alternate helmets, but I think at this point, make those alternate helmets different colors with different colored power cats. You know, if we want to do something fun on a uniform, if that ever happens, Zach. That's great. But I don't mean to be an old fart here, but the brand is the power cat. And you just have to admit at some point, every time we move off the brand, it's a loss. And if the players are playing their asses off for the new helmet because they're so fired up to have the new sexy stuff, maybe I'd have a different opinion. But every time they take the power cat off the logo, off the helmet, or you know, honestly, even when they put the purple power cat on a white helmet... Oh, man, it doesn't matter what it is. The it's players clear.
0: just go through the motions. Oh. Should have do it, do it week one against South Dakota where you know you can win.
2: They did, did it they in this lose? game because I
0: thought they... <laughs> yeah. I, I generally think they thought they'd
1: win this game. Yeah, they did.
2: And at the end of the day, I think that was the message. Oh, we're going to wear the alternate helmet this week because we can win. We're going to break the curse. I mean, that's, curse.
1: What it, that's what the psychology almost boils down to at this point. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find a way to break the curse. So, I... But on Get Out mores question, I say, wear something alternate every week till you break it because that's the only way to do it, and you need to make it less special. Come up with all these different – look at Oklahoma State. They wear a different helmet every single week, and there's subtle differences here and there. You can mix it up with different decals, different stickers, whatever – Just do something like that. Pick your lids and and really announce everything before the season. These are all of our looks. You don't need to be ready for a surprise. We'll announce it on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. This is what we're going to wear for the game. But these are our options. Quit making it a surprise. Quit making it a spectacle. And if you're going to make it a spectacle, at least, you know... Put the helmet for purchase for fans or at least promote what you're doing with the K-State logo. I mean, it's almost like they are like, well, here's the little video that we did and and it's all cool and we made some cool social media splashes. You know, you didn't make any money off of I'm, it. I'm
2: fine if they, they say, hey, here's our helmets. We got a silver one with a purple power cat. We got a white one with a purple power cat and we got a purple one with a white power cat. We're going to mix and match those through the season. And I'm not against the – I again, I love the K, big K over, over the small state. I think it's awesome. But at some point, if if the players aren't motivated, if they're not, like, benefiting from the alternate looks, it's, we're doing it for the players. Well, they don't seem to be fired up about this. They seem to yell and scream when it's announced. But then by game time, they're like, oh, okay. I think a better course of action would be, hey, we're going to wear the the white helmets this week with with the power cat. Um, so we're going to practice in the white helmets. Just to and announce, then, and then they show up on Saturday. Here's here's what we're actually wearing, and then they're fired up. I, whatever they're doing isn't working. I, I'm I'm. I, the helmet has nothing to do with the losses, but I will say that the way the players are reacting to the helmet maybe does.
1: Can I just say? Just no, announce everything before the season. Can I just? These say, are all of our looks
0: the entire season. I just, I just think it's a mass coincidence. I, I'll be honest. I don't think there's any correlation between winning and losing and the uniforms that you wear. The way K State played on Saturday, they could have been dressed up as the Buffalo Bills and they still would have lost. Because they were in
2: different helmets. Yeah, because they're wearing red and blue. What are you thinking? <laughs> I, I'm. I, I want to think that. I do. I, I want. I.
1: I don't want to believe that alternate helmets have anything to do, but look, I at will some say, point,
2: yeah, come on.
1: I will say putting a brand new helmet on a player and expecting them to play with it seven days in the future is a little bit ridiculous in my opinion. Trying to break that helmet in, in limited practice time. Not saying the guys were uncomfortable, but I mean, you look at the past however many games, I think it's six games in a row now, K-State's worn a different helmet and they've lost. Are they uncomfortable in these things? But the other argument is Oklahoma State, Oregon, all these teams can do it every week and win. So what is K-State doing putting these helmets on these guys that the teams that do wear a different helmet seemingly every game, what do they do differently?
0: It is the curse of Bill Snyder.
1: Again, I I have no problem with alternate
2: helmets, but I'm going to go back. I'm going to double down. Go into Lavender. Make that the alternate look. You'll sell the crap out of it. And X right. I love it when before the season, the school will roll out. Here's our different looks. We're going to wear these through the season. We might let you know beforehand. I don't know, but this is what we're going to wear. And I, I, look, I'd like to know Friday night before the game. That's good enough for me. The problem maybe is this. It's been so rarely done. They make too big of a deal out of mm-hmm. it. It's too.
1: It's like, oh, we get something different, and, and but the that is, all fades. It's the problem is it's white pants with the same jersey and a white helmet. It's just a there's nothing. There is nothing special about these uniforms other than the paneling is a different color on the pants. It, it, it's and time to also get really say this. excited about it for no good reason.
2: If Nike can't provide Kansas State with the uniforms they want, then why are you keeping Nike? It's time to explore something different, and I'm not I'm not 100% joking that if the rumors about maybe Oregon is going to end up at the Big Twelve because the Big Ten's shutting everything down, I think Phil and I will make sure all Big Twelve schools go to the front of the line of the college apparel. At least I'd hope so. For example, if you add Memphis, I want same day shipping on everything
1: out from FedEx. It's only well, fair. It's only fair, Zach. I don't I don't think that they're a threat to join. Yeah. And I'm gonna call it a threat because yeah. they'd probably hurt the conference more than help it. Yeah.
0: Cole, you done over there? I'm done. I don't I'm I'm mad. I don't like talking about things that we get angry with no solution, like I said earlier.
1: We gave a solution. Announce everything before the season and then announce everything midweek. Stay I say as much as I like black as an alternate color, stay away from it.
2: Not your brand. Purple, lavender, white, silver. Those are your colors.
0: Play within that palette. Go. You think Ryan Lackey's done cutting the grass yet? Was he going to mow? Yep. I don't
2: know. I don't know why you brought that up. (laughs) Go to the fridge. Ryan Lackey will after he's done cutting the grass.
1: Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powercat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com